Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for your week daily look at the NBA and your Charlotte Hornets. It's time for the Hive O'Clock Alarm. Welcome in, Hornets fans. This is Locked on Hornets, presented by Hive Talk Live. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the love child of Scott Bayo and Anthony Sabato Jr., David Walker. That is such high praise. <laughs> you don't even know. Well, I know how much of a, a fan you are of 80s and 90s pop culture and television. So uh, I may or may not own you're a, hardcore, a, DVD, a DVD or two of Charles in Charge. Right. Guilty. So is that now are you on the, the Trump train because Bayo spoke at the Republican National <laughs> Convention? I'm on, I'm on this week. I'm on this week. The entertainment level is too high. Don't know about next week. Okay. We are now part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hyper-local, hyper-intelligent sports talk wrapped up in a podcast. This is a big deal because, first of all, Locked On Podcast Network, um, headed up by David Locke, uh, play-by-play for the Utah Jazz and you've got Sean Hyken, you've got DJ Foster. These guys are all over the internet, all over Fox Sports, NBC Sports, doing play-by-play team coverage, and it's it's a it's a cool thing for us because we get to be involved with them. They're going to come on the show. We'll be on their shows. It is a true network, and and it's hyper local, which is what we've what we've been all about. Yeah, and David, you know, was uh, he told us he was doing a daily podcast. We were doing a daily podcast. Thank you, Lee of, Ellis. of last year, uh, friend of the show, Lee Ellis. Thank you. So the only two, but not for long, because the Locked On podcast. Uh, network is in full effect. That's right. And we're spending the rest of July recapping the Hornets offseason here on the Locked In. And we're spending the rest of July recapping the Hornets offseason here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're returning live this fall exclusively on our YouTube channel. You can watch us chat with us live on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Go to YouTube, search Hive Talk Live, subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live for more information. You can also email your thoughts, questions, your BizMac Biombo fan fiction to buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. And if you have a business or product that you'd like to advertise on the show, get it while it's hot. Email us for more information, buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Okay, we're going to talk about who the Hornets lost in free agency in just a moment. But first, a few quick Hornets news blurbs. Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer reports that Cody Zeller had to cancel his participation in the USA Select team in Las Vegas due to soreness in his right knee. The USA Select team is a team of NBA and soon-to-be NBA youngsters selected to scrimmage against a team that's headed to Rio to represent the United States. The injury is not considered serious, David, but all Hornets, be careful during the offseason. We cannot afford another injury-filled season. Do that old thing where you put your arms out and you just give yourself that personal space and then stay away from everyone else. I'm glad it wasn't serious, Doug, but I'll be honest. When that alert came up on my phone, uh, 
my heart skipped a few beats. And and we talk a lot about MKG's injuries, and last season we talked a lot about Big Al Jefferson's injuries, but Cody Zeller over the past couple of years has sustained some pretty serious uh, shoulder ailments and different things. And, you know, you just you want to make sure he's the starting center as of now, and and hopefully he, he just rests up and, and gets ready for the season. No contact. Come on, Cody. Be careful. All right. The Hornets announced Wednesday that the team will host the Boston Celtics in a preseason home game on Thursday, October 6th at the Greensboro Coliseum. The game tips off at 7.30 p.m. This is actually the ninth time, David, the Hornets have played a preseason game in Greensboro. Tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. on Friday, July 22nd and can be purchased online at Hornets.com or Ticketmaster.com on the Hornets mobile app or at the Greensboro Coliseum box office. Of course, Greensboro is also the site of the Hornets' new D-League affiliate that begins play this year. The Greensboro Swarm will play 24 home games at the renovated field house at the Greensboro Coliseum Complex. A lot of people, a little confusion there. They're not going to play at the Greensboro Coliseum. Hmm. They're actually going to play at the field house in that Greensboro Coliseum complex, but still super cool, David. We need to go up there and cover this. And any of our listeners who are in Greensboro, please email us your favorite spots to eat, buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com, because I'm trying to get a sandwich. We got to go check it out. to eat. That makes sense, though. The Greensboro Coliseum is huge. It's a lot of seats. It's bigger than it's Time bigger, Warner Cable. Yeah, exactly. Arena. Exactly. So, yeah, we got to go up. I know Stamey's, I believe, uh, the barbecue joint right there next to the Coliseum. That's the one I know. We need all other suggestions. And there's a Hooters, I heard. But I Well, Greensboro is sort of on the, the, the cusp of Western and Eastern barbecue. So I'm interested in what places serve the right kind of barbecue and which places serve the wrong kind of barbecue. We need guidance, people. Please help us out. The right kind being, I'm going to anger some people, but the right kind being Western barbecue. Get that no. vinegar, throw it out. Burn it. Well, don't burn it. That could be possibly. Wait, dangerous. you're 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 down on vinegar. Correct. Oh my God, we've had our we were having our first <laughs> disagreement of the season here, folks. Well, you're insane. Mm. I just you know what I like meat, so d- don't try to <laughs> let's get that in a drop. <laughs> don't get, listen. I'm just saying, get all of that vinegar nonsense out of the meat. Listen, barbecue in my eyes is like pizza. There's really no bad barbecue. Well. That's incorrect. (laughs) All right, one last thing. Steve Clifford was all over the local radio stations last week extolling the virtues of the Hornets offseason. Really insightful stuff for a full breakdown of what he said. Visit at thehive.com. Okay, time to talk about the Hornets that we lost in free agency this season. And we start with the, the highest profile Hornet lost in free agency. You could argue it could be Jeremy Lin or Al Jefferson. We'll start with Jeremy Lin. Signed a three year, $36 million deal. With the Nets, he came to Charlotte after a very rough post-Linsanity journey. His previous year in Los Angeles was uh, really a disaster. Charlotte promised a quiet media environment, a great coach, a roll off the bench as a primary scorer and ball handler. He took it. He did well with it, leading a bench unit that came to be known as Bench Force One and helped carry the MKG-less Hornets through the first half of that season. David, this is a big loss for the Hornets, and certainly he was... I think in many people's minds, the number two priority for the Hornets in the offseason, but ultimately the Brooklyn Nets snagged Jeremy Lin. Yeah, and that's where I had him. I just thought that he made such an impact when he came on the floor, especially in the playoffs, right? I mean, he was so huge uh, coming in there and playing with Kemba Walker. And that's the big question mark when we started out last season was, how are those two going to share the court together? How are they going to share the ball and share some of those responsibilities? And it worked out as well as you could have hoped for. And 
after the season, you know, everyone was saying all the right things. Everyone was feeling great. The chemistry was fantastic. And the one caveat that we saw when looking at Jeremy Lin coming back for this season was, did he place value on being a starter? And ultimately, I think that's what it was. He wanted to be a starter. That wasn't going to happen in Charlotte. And I don't think that's ultimately the best fit for him. But you can't blame the guy for trying to go out and find that starting spot. He is in his prime. And he wants to, you know, excel and prove that again to the NBA and to himself. So, I mean, that's great for him. But when that entered the conversation, then I considered the Hornets out of the running for his services next year. I had a feeling, and a lot of the the experts that I talked to about this situation had a feeling that Jeremy Lin was not going to be in Charlotte this season. In early May, Jeremy Lin did say he absolutely wanted to return to Charlotte and would even take a discount, and that this was the most fun place he's ever had uh, you know, or most fun place he's ever played in his NBA journey. And I accept that as, as, as true, but I also think he's media savvy and, and he did not want to say anything that would anger fans in any way. Here's what he recently said about joining the Nets, though. I just want to try to be a leader. It's kind of a, like a blank slate for the organization in a lot of ways, bringing in a new GM and a new coach, and I just want to be a part of that. And I think that quote right there, David, goes to what you just talked about he wants to be the leader he wants to be the man and I think he wants to lead something from the jump to to wherever it ends up Brooklyn Sandy yeah and it's going to be tough because you look at that Brooklyn lineup right now and not a lot of talent in between Jeremy Lin and Brooke Lopez Sixers Nets who you got Sixers yeah I mean right so I mean it's going to be it's going to be rough it's going to be tough sledding they're in complete rebuild mode so you know in a lot of ways he's going to be the guy there right I mean he's certainly he's going he's going to be the guy and he's also going to play for Kenny Atkinson who is known as the point guard whisperer and coached him during Lynn's right and that was a big that was a big deal too that that connection that's why Brooklyn was seen as a possible landing spot for him so um it's going to be it's not going to be the same experience obviously that he had in Charlotte I mean they're going to be nowhere near the playoffs they're not going to be in contention once we get out of November I mean, I wouldn't think. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad, but it's also, I think, going to hurt the Hornets, Jeremy Lin being gone, because he leaves a big hole in terms of bench scoring. But also, you think back, David, to all the times that he was able to get into the starting lineup, whether he was filling in for uh, Nick Batum against the Raptors. He had, uh, let's see, 35 points against the Raptors in that victory. He had 24 points, 8 assists, and a victory over the Cavs, filling in for Kimball Walker. 29 points on 11 of 18 shooting to help the Hornets finally down the San Antonio Spurs. So there were several big games last season where he was able to step up and play a big role. And now you look at the bench unit and you you start to wonder, who is that guy? Is it Marco Bellinelli? Uh, I don't know. Is it Ramon Sessions? That's a lot to ask of, of Ramon Sessions. Frank Kaminsky, can he make a, a big step in a hurry and, and be a primary scoring option on that bench unit? You would, if you were a betting man, you'd say not quite yet. It's only year two, so that's going to be a big question mark for the Hornets: bench scoring, but also who can step up in an injury, especially in the wing position, and and have a big impact on a game. And so a name like Jeremy Lamb comes up, and and we've seen his name out there. You know, where does he fit in? They they, they committed some time and some money to him last year. And then you're you're seeing and hearing him him tossed out there as a possible uh, trade chip. So we don't know, but that's some that's an opportunity for him. I mean, it's right there for the taking. And Lynn was so good for this team last year. And like I said, going into his prime, 
I thought that was um, the number two priority for them, as long as he was okay with coming off the bench again, which obviously he wasn't. So, I mean, that's where they had to move on, and I'm sure they had some of those talks. But, yeah, his scoring, that punch especially, is going to be missed. But, hey, it was a fun year, Doug. Well, not only scoring, but just his – and he really stepped up his ability to get – to the basket from yeah. both the left and the right and that was a big question could he go to his left and and I think he proved a lot of critics wrong I think you know certainly there were times when he was outmatched defensively but he held his own enough uh, where where he he wasn't a liability in the sense that you could not play him in certain situations and he came up big in the playoff series as well so mm-hmm. he will he will definitely be missed let's move on to Courtney Lee who signed a four-year 48 million dollar deal with the New York Knicks Courtney Lee brought into the Hornets on a deadline deal that sent PJ Hairston and Brian Roberts away but Brian Roberts is back now so no harm no foul welcome back Brian uh, it also continues the Memphis Grizzlies reputation as a dumping ground for Hornets problem children but Courtney Lee uh, ended the regular season having started 28 games for the Hornets while posting averages of 8.9 points on 44.5% shooting, 39% from beyond the arc, 3.1 rebounds, 2.1 assists, and 1.2 steals. So Courtney Lee, a stat stuffer for the Hornets in the regular season, or at least the second half of the regular season, David. And what did we say about him, Doug, when he came in? Solid NBA two guard, right? You could count on him night in and night out knew what you were going to get for him was never going to be like the Jeremy Lin type explosive guy Mm -hmm. but I mean obviously hit a massive shot for the Hornets in the playoffs um was solid for them throughout was a total pro was a great another great show pickup that we like to see uh, during the season and you know um I think they'll miss that but again that's an opportunity for a Jeremy Lamb someone else has got to step up and be Mr. Reliable. And I think, obviously, look, MKG, they're counting on him coming back. That was a big reason why that trade was made at the time, mm-hmm. I think, right? No, so, Cho, yeah, Cho was on record as saying when MKG went down for the second time, that's when they, they started getting on the phone right. to find a replacement. So that may solve some of it, but you know, the MKG thing is another thing we've got to keep our eye on as we're going back into this season. But, um, hey, that was a great turn for Courtney Lee and a good signing for the Knicks. I mean, honestly, I think that one's gotten thumbs up across the league. Yeah, the big question with MKG is he can certainly replace, if not better, the D portion of the 3 and D that Courtney Lee brought. But can he replace the 3 portion of the 3 and D that Courtney Lee brought? He he did, yeah, as you said, he got the hero offensive rebound in Game 4 of that playoff series against Miami. And he also had the the three-point shot that put them ahead for good in Game 5. So, you know, he was not only 3 and D, but he was a guy that was not afraid of the moment. He And we talked about it before the playoff series. He had been in an NBA Finals his rookie season with Orlando. He was comfortable on the playoff stage. And, and they will look uh, for replacements. But you talk about that, Doug, and I'm glad you brought up that rebound again because that's what the Hornets were missing. That's what yeah. they were lacking, and everybody was just saying, gosh, you know, if MKG was out there, that solves some of those rebounding issues, especially in the playoffs. Courtney Lee came out of nowhere to to make up for that, but I think they've got to be counting on getting MKG back to fill that hole. Big Al Jefferson next up. This was – I don't know if it was surprising, David – that he left but I I was certainly surprised that he got a three-year 30 million dollar deal from the Indiana Pacers the big story last offseason was his weight loss and and giving up chicken we all remember that from from the offseason but injuries to his calf in late November and injuries to his knee 
uh, after he came back from that calf injury. And then obviously he had the suspension for a marijuana use. And there were just a lot of stumbling blocks along the way. And I think, David, that had it been any other offseason, had there not been so much money to, to be thrown around, and had he not played so well in that playoff mm-hmm. series and, and become a factor once again, I think we're still talking about Al Jefferson a, a, as a Charlotte Hornet. And that one's interesting for Indiana as well because some thought they were trying to move to more of an up-tempo style offense right I mean they replaced Vogel with uh, Nate McMillan I believe but a lot of that was around you know some of the inability for them to do some things at a more up-tempo pace on offense but from the Hornets perspective I was a little surprised that that happened so quickly I guess I mean I guess we automatically assumed they were going to take care of everything and then they'd come back to Al who would just be sitting there waiting Mm -hmm. uh patiently for for a a nice offer do you think the three years was that more surprise was that commitment surprising to you it doesn't feel like the Hornets were anywhere in the neighborhood of doing like three years three more years for Al and maybe maybe that was it maybe that was it that that the Indiana Pacers were willing uh, to extend that out to three years because certainly the Hornets could have used his ability to score the basketball off the bench and we talked a lot about it last season he seemed to be comfortable with a bench role as long as he was the primary scoring option you know from the bench it it seemed like he could make an impact from there Uh, but I don't know I just can't see the Hornets being committed to him for three years when everything that they've done has been around getting leaner, meaner, three-point shooting. They've got to figure out a way to add defense. Look, when we talk about the the scoring punch that they've lost with Jeremy Lin, the scoring punch that they've lost with Courtney Lee, okay, if Marco can't step up in the the same way, if, if Jeremy Lamb can't step up in the same way, if Frank Kaminsky can't step up at all, then they've got to figure something out on defense that's a little better than they did last season, or at least in portions of last season, because I don't know if the offensive numbers are going to be off the charts like they were last season. And so that's when you talk about certain priorities in in looking at players like Al Jefferson, who struggled defensively despite losing the weight. And, And, you know, certainly the injuries had an effect on that, but it just doesn't seem like defense is ever going to be something that you can really fix without Jefferson. You just have to deal with it. And and I think the Hornets may be better off not dealing with it. Yeah, I think so. Run. And I think the in the long run. Maybe yeah. next season they could have they could have found a way, but been not nice. three years. I think it would have been nice to have him in there, be that bench scoring option, like you said. And I think also the success that they had when he was out, I'm sure that played a little bit into their factor of saying, you know, we're trying to move in a little bit of a different direction. If you can stay here for another year or two, that'd be great. If it works out, you know, in everybody's best interest. But um, so, I mean, I guess in that respect, you look back on it too. I think Al has had three-year stints in each of his stops in his NBA career, um, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, three years or less. So I don't think he's ever stayed longer than three years in one spot. Not to saying that necessarily had anything to do with this one, but, you know, it's kind of a pattern. So I think you're right, though, Doug. The one thing on defense, of course, you still got Steve Clifford and you are getting MKG back. So you you feel good that they can scrap something together, but... No, that's what I'm saying. They're yeah. going to have to. Yeah, yeah. Because I just don't see the offensive numbers being what they were last season. 
unless right. certain guys are able to play. And, you know, this is what the Hornets are doing now. They take bets on guys that have had down years. So if you ignore Marco, Marco Bellinelli's bad right. year in Sacramento. Which you, you, you should. Well, you, you can. You can. I, you, I don't know if you should, <laughs> but you can. And, you know, if you do that and, and think he's going to rebound, then great. If you think that Roy Hibbert can be an offensive factor once again down low, then that starts to help you a little bit in terms of losing Big Al Jefferson. But, you know, I, I, I just think they're going to have to play early on, especially they're going to have to play better defensively than they did uh, last season. Uh, otherwise, uh, they, they may not get up to the start that they need to. Last thing on that, and you mentioned Hibbert, don't you think the direction the Hornets are going, Hibbert might even fit a little better than Al does because they're not asking him to score, really. I mean, they're, if he didn't make some inside moves and scores on the inside, great. But he's in there I to be a big warn, body. I just want to warn listeners now, like if you complained about Al Jefferson <laughs> sagging on defense – uh, just watch Roy, well, Roy Roy Hibbert is not he doesn't want to get anywhere near the three point line. And speaking That's a, the three point line is like the DMV. Speaking to of Roy another on uh, another guy coming off a down year. Roy Hibbert? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know? So but but that's Los Angeles. See, we we no, send hours to, to to Memphis and Los Angeles. We're creating what we call a pipeline here. We send them to Memphis, our problem children, and Los Angeles sends us their problem children. So you think Kobe is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just tossing it out there. Kobe to Charlotte. All right. Da- finally, Troy Daniels. This is a sad one. Troy Daniels traded to Memphis for one point six for a one point six million dollar trade exception. Uh, before we talk about what Troy Daniels meant to all of us, what in the wide world of sports is a trade exception? Well, I'm here to tell you that uh, the trade exception is basically here. Here's the best I can explain it. So, with this one point six million dollar trade exception, the Hornets could pick up someone off of waivers later on in the season who makes $1.7 million or less or did make $1.7 million or less. They could also trade a team for a contract that's $1.7 million or less and send nothing back. What they cannot do with this $1.6 million trade exception is package it with other players. So they can't say, say they can't trade Spencer Hawes and his five and a half that I think he's owed plus one point six million dollars for someone who's uh, eight, you know, an eight or nine million dollar contract. You, you with me, David? You good on that? Mm, I think you lost me at. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially it's essentially just a one point six million dollar contract right. that they can trade for a player, and it allows because the Hornets are over the cap, so this is a trade exception is meant for teams over the cap. But it's not an asset that can be packaged with something else. Correct. They can't pair it with a player to get back a player. Right. They can okay. just trade the exception for another player. So I'm tracking it, with you. Yeah, it essentially gives them the option to pick up a cheap contract along the way and, and maybe fill a role somewhere. Which we've seen them do. Right. But you know it would it would need to be a very a very inexpensive contract in comparison to what everyone else is getting so it, it gives them yeah. like what that's that's double a, a vet minimum deal essentially because mm-hmm. the vet minimum's around 900,000 okay troy daniels meant a lot to the team because he was able to step up in in the 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 january period that that it seemed like everyone was injured the the team was was on fumes kimba had just had the 50 point game he becomes the hero 
uh, on the uh, Miracle After Midnight in Sacramento. He's he's in our well. The the reaction, the the um, uh, the stroke that he almost gave to uh, Eric um, Collins. Eric Collins, Collins, our boy. Yeah, the the stroke that he almost gave to Eric Collins. That's on our intro. Uh, so it's it's sad to see Troy Daniels go because I think so many listeners and and us included really wanted Troy Daniels to to continue to make it with this team. But now he has guaranteed money in Memphis, so that's good. Good for him. Good for him. Sad for us. Yeah, it's a tough rotation to crack, I guess, on the wing. I mean, a lot of wing changes. But if you again bring back MKG, they've got. I guess what I mean, they're, they're trying to figure out stuff with Lamb, right? We we assume. I, I mean, we don't know. I don't know, but they would need to. I mean, they need to either figure something out with Jeremy Lamb or or try to find another solution at wing. Yeah, like they can't trade Jeremy Lamb for another big. So the, I think they need uh, size and and shooting defensive and, and and some defensive ability on the wing. Another Courtney Lee would be great if we could just clone Courtney Lee and then trade Jeremy Lamb for that Courtney Lee clone. That would be amazing. He's, I mean, you He's never know. To he, come works, off the bench. he works a lot of magic out there. Presenting important news. Stop what you're doing and listen. And now it's time for a favorite segment of ours here on Hive Talk Live. It's called What's Happening Around the NBA with Hive Talk Live reporter, correspondent, bureau chief, Nick Denning, and at the Hive writer. Can't forget that. Nick, welcome back. I, I like the uh, I like the multiple titles I've got now. This is this is good time. Where where are you in the United States right now? Because that's where your bureau chiefdom will extend. Uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. So that's Southeast North Carolina. It's all me, man. All right, Nick. What's happening around the NBA? Uh well, not a not a whole lot of you know maybe juicy stuff as compared to a couple of weeks ago. But uh, but there there are some reports surfacing recently. Uh, more reports about Jaleel Okafor going to Boston. Um, a report by A. Sherrod Blakely of CSNNE um, reports that. Um, Boston is probably the most likely trade target or, or destination for um, Okafor. Um, they tried to make a deal, uh, the two teams, during draft night. Nothing really happened, um, but they left the door open for future discussions. Um, this, this, you know, this makes sense considering Philadelphia has a, has a lot of front court players, young front court players. Um, I think they're, they're probably, they're, I think there's more sold on Noel than they are on Okafor just because of what of the multiple things Noel can do, especially on defense. Uh, and Joel Embiid, I mean, there's, I think they're just going to see, like, hey, you know, if, if he's ready to go, he does bring that offensive side to the game. Um, and Oklahoma and Boston makes some sense as well. He could play behind Al Horford. Um, you know, he can a new a new city might be good for him, given you know things were kind of rocky for in his rookie season, um, off the court at least. So this, you know, this this could ultimately end up happening. Um, Additionally, so it's some changing gears a little bit. The uh, NBA has announced uh, that they will be hosting two regular season games in Mexico uh, this season. Uh, the Suns and Mavericks will play on January 12th, and the Suns and Spurs will play on January 14th. Um, now, you know, the NBA has played some games in Mexico before. Um, they've also played games in China. They've played games in the U.K. So, Doug, I want to ask you, where is, a, where is one place or one city you'd like to see a, an NBA game played? Wait, one place? I can pick any place? Any place around the world, I guess. Right. I guess the game hasn't been played yet. All right. This okay. I want them to play in international waters. No rules. Slam ball. Trampolines. Uh, NBA Jam type of situation. Maybe on some kind of 
like aircraft carrier. Now I know that we've had some issues with that in the past in college basketball, but I think if if you add some slam ball elements, get some trampolines in there, uh, and and maybe some tables, ladders, chairs. I'm talking the craziest basketball game you've ever seen, and and it'll be certainly it'll be approved by President Trump. <laughs> it's going to be huge. It'll be the best basketball game you've ever seen. This is this is scary good um, impression there. That's my listen. Um, that's my idea. It should you know it should be a moving it should be a moving aircraft carrier. You know they have to account for so many right. factors that normally don't have to. Um, yeah, no that that would be that would be something else. It'd be, especially you know, if they made a regular season game, you know, they they could really really tip the scales in the standings whoever they put in the game uh, put in the whoever they featured in that game. But I guess Mexico, um, the, Mexico is that's a good start. We'll start there and then move yeah, to international yeah. waters. Yeah. I think and, and as a, as a <laughs> and this is also serious. I'm sure yours is yours is absolutely yours is 100% serious, but um Playing in, I think Spain would be interesting because I think you have, um, you know, they they could play in Barcelona, they could play in Real Madrid or, or Madrid, you know, against Real Madrid um, they're in a preseason game. Because uh, those teams have played, I think they've played over here in the United States, but like going to their arenas, you know, having to deal with their crowds, that would be that would be kind of uh, fun to watch, especially. So finally, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder have rescinded their qualifying qualifying offer for the uh, the great Dion Waiters. Uh, which will make him an unrestricted free agent. So Waiters is likely going to be looking at a new uh, destination, new team this this season. Um, so he's been a season and a half with OKC. They acquired him from trade via Cleveland from Cleveland um, during the 2015 trade deadline. Uh, didn't obviously quite work out for for him in, in OKC. Um, so he kind of gets described as like a J.R. Smith light. I, I think you know he he's, he kind of has a similar game, but like J.R. Smith kind of does everything better than him, and that's kind of why people put up with J.R. Smith because when he's good, he's really really good at what he does. Whereas you know, Waiter's not quite the same. Um, but I, I guess to, to both of you, like, is there a team that could that should take a chance on him? Like, and, and who is, and what team should that be? Neon Dion, don't play for Freon. I don't know. You know, it's interesting that that Oklahoma City would rescind this qualifying offer. I'm not locked in on the Thunder to know the the ins and outs of their situation, but it would seem after losing Kevin Durant that they would need offensive weapons. And for all of Deion Waiters' faults, he can be, like you said, he's a J.R. Smith light. He's not as consistent a shooter, sometimes over dribbles, turns the ball over too much, but he can be an offensive weapon. You know what I find interesting, David? as well. So you have Dion Waiters uh, looking for a new team. You have Greg Monroe on the trade block. You have Rudy Gay on the trade block. Now these are three players that are in interesting situations because if, well, first of all, all three need the ball to play well. And if they go to a good team, I think they make that team worse. And if they go to a really bad team like Philadelphia or Brooklyn, they make that team better, and I don't know if those teams necessarily want to get better. So it, it, they're they're in this weird zone, right? I think one of those teams you mentioned, Philly, popped into my mind just for a reason. They need somebody out there who can shoot, somebody who can start. I mean, Gerald Henderson may be the starting two guard there. Um, I also think a good fit for Waiters is 
you know, kind of like J.R. Smith fit in with the Cavs, I mean, that's a good fit for anyone. But it almost seems like that's the best case scenario if he can get on a team that needs some of that scoring punch or needs something to maybe put their bench unit or or some scoring over the top. I don't know. Do you guys think this happens if Durant stays? I mean, we'll never know. But I mean, and that shakes up everything in a franchise. But I wonder if that takes place if Durant's still there. Hey, that's a good question because it's like yeah, I guess it really depends on how much um, Durant, you know, yeah, what, what how Durant and, and and waiters felt like what their relationship was. Um, you mentioned you mentioned Philadelphia. I think that could be a potentially good spot. He actually, I think he did, did he tweet trust the process, which everyone kind of interpreted as like, oh my god, he's going to Philadelphia. Um, Classic. But um, he was really he was just getting think, an oil change, and he really loves. <laughs> I mean, I he get loves the, um, Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I get the feeling. Okay, see, so Durant stays, then they could try to gear up and go for one more shot. You know, I mean, they were up three one after all. Um, so sure. I mean, who knows how that works out, but. Uh, Dion's been an interesting guy. Probably not back to the Cavs, right? That'd be weird. It, it would be weird, but you know they are tussling with. He's J.R. Smith light. They yeah. are tussling with J.R. Smith to get a deal done. So maybe they go light, go cheap, and snag Dion Waiters again. Who knows? All right, this has been interesting. Nick Denning, senior correspondent, Wilmington bureau chief. What's happening around the NBA? Thanks, Nick. Thank you, guys. That'll do it for us Hornets fans. Thanks for listening to Locked on Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live. We've got another great show lined up for you tomorrow. Chris Barnwall from At the Hive will join us with a Summer League update recap. He'll tell us everything that happened with the Hornets Summer League team in Orlando. Plus, he'll help us uh, decide if Hornets player X was a Pokemon, what Pokemon would they be? I know Dave is very interested in this segment. Follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, if you can, give us a five-star review. It will help other Hornets fans find our podcast. If you'd like to advertise with us, email buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. Hive Talk Live is a presentation of SB Nations at thehive.com. For David and Nick, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm, Charlotte. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.